What was it like to start dating at the beginning of second year med school after being just friends for the first year? Was it nice to date someone going through the same thing as you? How do you create a strategy for couples matching? And finally, what are the benefits of both parties attending the same interview day for residency programs? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interview Parvathy and Anish, successful couples match and recent graduates here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Okay, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I have two super guests today, Par and Anish. Fourth year medical students who have matched. We're going to save that to the very end, but I'm very excited you're here. I've known you for many years. I've seen you around for many years. Let's complete the circle of life <laughs> and let's talk about it. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Uh, how'd you two meet? Um, was it we, second look day? Was it orientation week? Yeah, I think it, it was, was second look day. No, it was orientation week because I didn't oh, come no, to second orienta- look day. Yeah. yeah, so it was during orientation week. Was that a different um, niche you met? That's far. No. That's, <laughs> that's messed up. Okay. Uh, it was during orientation week, and I was actually talking to one of my other friends, um, and I was looking for an excuse to talk to Parvati, mm-hmm. and um, I just made some sort of dumb excuse to introduce this other friend, and that's how we first no, met. No, you know what he did? He, like, threw this other friend under the bus. <laughs> he, like, told some story that was, like, very embarrassing to her, and that's how you introduced yourself. Can yeah. You, is this a, a story that is appropriate to recount? Right. I think you no, said okay. something like she coughed and threw out her back or something. That that was the way. I was like, why would you yes, say that? Yeah. Uh, she <laughs> threw out her back. <laughs> so that was your opening impression. It was. It was. That Anish has an overwhelming empathy <laughs> for people who have tussled spells. And but but at that. that time, we were both dating other people. Ooh. We were both in yeah. relationships at that time. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So this, is the, so this is orientation week. So yes. you still yeah. remember each other. Yes. And just friends at first? Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, and how did that friendship evolve? I mean, what happened? Um, I think, so we would hang out, you know, with, like, other friends, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, okay, what? <laughs> first year was very difficult for me, um, and so I was struggling a lot. I was living really far away. Uh, and I didn't have a lot of friends. Well, so med school was difficult, or your, your yes. relationship with Par was difficult? No, okay. med school we was We weren't difficult. in a relationship we at in that relationship. time. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> and so it was really tough, and so I, I struggled a lot. And Where were you living? Uh, I was living in Sandy. So okay, like, that is a far know, drive. Yeah, yes. and everybody else was, you know, in downtown, so I felt really socially and sort of physically isolated. And Parvati was kind of the first friend that I really opened up to about it, and that's where our friendship really started to blossom. That that's very beautiful. That, that's a much better recollection. Okay, all right. So, uh, would you guys study together? Being up, um, actually, no. Never. Okay. We have never studied. You have together. different styles of learning, or uh, yeah. yeah, I like to study alone. Okay. Yeah, he studies alone. Uh-huh. Um, I would study with a group of people here at HSEB. But honestly, it was a lot more like hanging out than studying. <laughs> so Anish is probably more sensible to study on his own. All right, <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. So med school is hard. Uh-huh. Did you? When did you move? Are you still living in Sandy? So I still lived in Sandy. I've lived in Sandy all four years. Okay. Um, first year progressed and it got better, and I felt like I made really good friends. One of them obviously was Parvati, mm-hmm. uh, and then just over that year, both of our other relationships, you know, sort of dissolved and. Um, 
that summer we actually she actually went to Boston and I was here and we were doing research and we were just talking. I remember that diabetes research, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and when she came back, I asked her out, and so this is the summer of 2015. Yes. yes, yes. And then the uh, <clears throat> August 1st, when we school started, I asked her out, and that's when our new relationship started. Okay, yeah. awesome. <laughs> Uh, and then did you keep it secret for a while or how, how, how people find out about it? Oh, so this is, so that whole summer when we'd been talking, we kept it secret from everyone except for Douglas Chan, mm-hmm. who is a really good secret keeper. What <laughs> <laughs> yes. the records to show. He didn't even tell his girlfriend. Okay. Um, and he was the only one that knew. And then we came back and on the first day of school, we told everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone was, like, so shocked. Mm-hmm. Some people were very angry that I didn't share this with them. <coughs> uh, then they got over it, and it was great. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. So uh, you're together starting second year. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So going into third year, what was your strategy? Did you try to have rotations yeah. together? Because, like, third year is tough. Because, like, students right. are kind of doing different – the hours are weird, you know, mm-hmm. long hours at the hospital – some students who are in a relationship try to coordinate schedules, so mm-hmm. they'll be on a quote-unquote easy rotation and have like more free time together um, versus people are very scared to kind of be in the same hospital with someone. <laughs> How do you guys approach that? Uh, we, we, did, didn't we didn't coordinate at all. At all. Okay. Uh, we didn't think it was that imperative to our mm-hmm. relationship to be like in close physical proximity at all times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, I mean, I don't know. Texting and things like that make it so easy to be in touch all the time mm-hmm. that it didn't really make a difference. Um, and it was kind of nice because then we'd be on different rotations where one of us might be on an easier rotation and the other one might be on a harder rotation. Mm-hmm. And that way the the person on the easier rotation could come to the other person's house or whatever. And that sometimes works better than if you're both in it together. Yeah. Um, and we always set at least one day a week to spend together, whether it was our off day, whether we had a short day, you know, we would just, even some days it was just that we grabbed dinner together before, you okay. know, uh, we had to go to bed. And so, uh, that's sort of how we managed third year was trying to just make make the time when we had it. Mm-hmm. What has it meant to you to have this shared experience going through medical school together? I mean, in what ways has that impacted your relationship? Yeah, um, I would say that it's strengthened it. Um, you know, I would tell any medical student or any medical student hopeful uh, that nobody will understand what it's like to go through medical school other than the people going through it with you. And to have somebody in a relationship with you who's going through the same thing, it's it's unbelievable. It's uh, It really makes everything a lot better. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same thing. Um, some people, well, a lot of doctors, you know, get married to each other, and mm-hmm. now I see why, because... In medicine, I feel like you're in this different culture almost. You have, like, a different language. You mm-hmm. say all these words sometimes in, like, normal conversation that then you realize other people don't really understand. Mm-hmm. And when you're with your significant other who's in the same field, you just you can talk in that same language. And, like, you have, like, nerdy jokes that nobody else would get. And mm-hmm. um, They understand perfectly what a bad call night looks like. Exactly. Yeah. And when, when you say, like, oh, I have to stay late today, they know exactly what that means. They mm-hmm. know you're not, like, making an excuse not to, you know, come meet with them or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. And then talk about maybe patients that have impacted you or, you know, passed away or difficult attendings yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you talk about difficult experiences like that, they mm-hmm. have, like, been there through the same thing. So that's so helpful to talk to someone like that. Awesome. For sure. All right. Let's, uh, again, I'll go back to the beginning. So before medical school, what kind of 
what kind of medicine do you think you would go into? And how did that change uh, during your four years here? Um, do you want to start? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so, or if um, it changed. Uh, so it actually, I don't think it changed for me. Um, so I actually didn't ever think I was going to go into medicine until maybe my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I did and I applied and I was getting ready to come here, you know, I always knew that I wanted to do something sort of intensive, um, something where I get to do procedures and really see, like, hospital medicine and, you know, going through medical school, that stayed totally true. Um, you know, I've loved my internal medicine rotation. I loved my ICU rotation. Uh, and so for me, it, you know, I it was sort of just identifying the things I liked beforehand and then just looking at the fields that emphasize that. And so it stayed true for me throughout medical school. So what did you end up selecting? So I'm going into internal medicine. Okay. And what 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 is internal medicine for people who don't know what that is? Yeah. So and what about you, what about it attracted you to? It? Sure. Yeah. So um, internal medicine, I like to tell people, uh, those are the doctors that you're going to see if you get admitted to the hospital from the emergency room. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, if you get a pneumonia, if you get some sort of infection, if you you know have heart failure or something like that, like those are the types of physicians that you're going to see in the hospital. Um, and the reason I chose it is because uh, I really liked that kind of core physiology. I really like thinking about how the body, uh, body's organs work together and um, how they influence each other. And I really felt like internal medicine sort of allowed me to see that, sort of explore that physiology in each patient that I saw. Mm-hmm. So six weeks of internal medicine during the first half of third year, and then six weeks of internal medicine the second half. So eight weeks of internal medicine, uh, third year. Oh, eight weeks. So, yeah. okay. So when you did your rotation, did it, just, did it just feel natural? Like, this is my home, these are my people? Yeah, so actually, okay. um, my first two weeks, I did not like it at all. I was on a specialty Why? rotation. Oh, okay. um, it was my first experience on internal medicine. Um, and I had no idea what was going on, and it was a specialty, and so I really had no idea what was going on. Can you name the body part? Um, it was hematology oncology. Okay, blood cells. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, like, I, I understood blood cells, but I didn't understand cancers that well. Mm-hmm. And so um, I felt really lost, and I remember, like, I would call Parvati at the end of the day and be like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. it is so difficult. Um, and then I made it through those two weeks, and I hit uh, inpatient wards, uh, which is just kind of like general medicine. Yeah, not and so I, much specialized towards exactly. cancer. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I loved it. I mm-hmm. loved every minute of it. I loved the types of patients I saw. I loved the things that I got to do. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, like it's so that part really reinforced my uh, desire to go into internal medicine. Okay, cool. Yeah. How about you, Par? Um, so I started out thinking that I would go into pediatrics, actually, um, mostly because those are the only like shadowing experiences, volunteer patient experiences that I'd had previous to medical school. Um, and as I went through medical school, actually, I started a third year on internal medicine mm. because I thought, you know, that would prepare me well for pediatrics. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't and, like treating old people, right? So, yeah. Uh, yes. Old people Compared are so... Compared to pediatrics. Well, I didn't know about <laughs> old people. They're so adorable. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so that totally changed everything. And so I remember, like, starting my first day of third year on internal medicine general wards. Mm-hmm. And I met this resident who was just, like, so enthusiastic about medicine and about teaching and Mm -hmm. um, I like really looked up to him and then I met this other attending who would you know take us on like little teaching um, sessions throughout the hospital
hospital and find patients with really interesting physical exam findings. And I thought this was the most interesting thing that I could be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I really connected with the, the residents and the attendings that I worked with. Um, and pediatrics was fun, too, but I, it just didn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and on medicine, I felt like you could really talk with patients through really difficult situations like, you know, palliative care conversations and really involve the patient in their care. Whereas in pediatrics, I felt like you don't really involve the, the kid, as, mm-hmm. as you know. So, yeah, that's kind of why I ended up choosing medicine. I felt like I connected with the people. And Did you go through, like, a crisis? <laughs> Did you, like, doubt that decision? Or yeah. Was so it, I, was it hard to let pediatrics go? I, yeah, it was because I had <laughs> been so committed to pediatrics before, and mm-hmm. I had done EPAC, which is this program we have here, um, where you where you have pediatric, like, experiences through the first two years of medical school. Um, and some people choose to apply straight into pediatrics at the end of second year. I didn't choose to do that, but um, I thought, you know, I was definitely going to do peds um and so i was like oh no how can i switch now and then i i remember like asking my friends and family what they thought mm-hmm. i should go into and they're like oh you should definitely go into internal medicine really why did they say that i don't know they said that was more of my personality and i don't know what that means okay. but i i took it as a compliment i don't know i don't know so you so you switched to internal <laughs> medicine yes okay all right so I think it's rare, because I've interviewed couples who have gone through the couples match before, mm-hmm. but for you two to both choose the same field, I don't think I've seen that. So I, did you run into that? I've met a couple of residents okay. who couples matched into medicine right. yeah. um, together. They might go into like different fields, but... Okay. Um, yeah, yes, because internal medicine, the residency lends itself to do a fellowship. Yes. Exactly. So three years internal medicine, and then most of the fellowships are three years. Most correct? of them. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So I'm not going to hold you to it, but as of today, <laughs> if you had to go into a fellowship, mm-hmm. would you and which one would you do? You know, I actually would not do a fellowship. I want to be a hospital uh, medicine mm-hmm. hospitalist. Um, so you don't need a fellowship for that because most internal re- medicine residencies prepare you really well to take care of uh, patients in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I want to do that because I think you get to see the widest um, like diversity of patients that way. You see a lot of interesting things, and you're constantly learning from your colleagues who are specialists. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of have a knowledge of like everything, um, which I really like. So, um, And I'm actually thinking uh, pulmonary critical care. Oh, wow. Uh, so I really like kind of that intensive uh, medicine and being in the ICU and sort of having those really sick patients. And then I think the field also lends itself to kind of having um, – good outpatient life lifestyle and sort of as you get older and sort of the intensive schedule gets mm-hmm. harder you can you know retire into a nice pulmonary or sleep clinic or something like that so you're not intimidated by the ventilator no. all the knobs <laughs> yeah. all the readings I say yeah. add more knobs really okay I mean you need more knobs on <laughs> yeah. that thing yeah like, there's like 10 different readings on that it, looks, it just looks terrifying it looks like a, to me it's like a nuclear bomb like, okay, like, if you touch the wrong button and you twist this like that thing's gonna happen so cool alright so Third year uh, is about to come to an end. You're thinking both are you're committed to internal medicine. When does the conversation between you about the couples match? When does that start happening? I mean, we started to have it. I think during my during our second to last third year rotation. Mm-hmm. So that's like it's probably right about now. This time last year, so yeah, like Aprilish. So spring 2017. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we started to talk about it. Uh, you know, is the couples match the right move for us? Is it, you know, what does that mean for our relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of really intensive conversations. 
um, that actually kind of continued into the summer and almost until we submitted ERAS. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, what was your initial strategy as you started looking at programs? I mean, how did you decide? Because like this, going through residency <laughs> applications is stressful enough. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of complexity to it. Uh, there's a lot of different layers to it. It's fairly expensive. We can get into that. Mm -hmm. But throwing on a couples match, tying, yoking, having your application, you know, linked to another person sounds much harder. Mm -hmm. Or more beautiful when you look at it. Because, <laughs> again, it's you got to go through it together. Yeah. So what was your strategy at the beginning? At the beginning, the very beginning, I think our strategy was just to apply broadly. Mm -hmm. um, I know they always tell you to kind of choose a region of the country or, you know, if you like a certain city, um, look in, you know, those areas. But to be honest, like, both of us didn't really know, you know a, like, a specific area that we were interested in more than any other area. Mm -hmm. um, we did know that a lot of programs on the East Coast are really, really good programs and also really close to each other, um, even in different states or um, whatever. You could drive like an hour mm -hmm. and be, you know, close to each other. Um, so that was, we kind of focused on that area because we knew there was like a high density there. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, we just kind of applied to other states and places that sounded nice. So targeting larger cities. <laughs> yeah, so in case you cities. didn't get into the same program, you may be in the same city. Because there's yes. a lot. Mm -hmm. So internal medicine programs, there's a lot of them. Yes. And, and larger cities have multiple programs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so that was kind of our initial strategy. And we, you know, asked around to, like, residents and interns that we were working with and asked where they applied and what their top five programs were and why. I think that was really helpful, too, actually. So how many programs did you apply to? 42. Pro yeah. Uh, Both of us did, right? I uh, applied to 37. Oh. Well, yeah. yeah, we're learning okay. stuff together. <laughs> it's beautiful. All right. So applied to all these programs, and then did the interview offers come in at the same time, or were they staggered? If one got invited to one program, would the other one shoot off an email in that program? No. That, hey, I'm, I'm very interested. I'm going through couples match. How did that process work? How did you handle that? Yeah, so actually our first interview uh, invites, I remember, <laughs> I had gone to sleep, um, and then it was like, it was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and I get this call, or I get a call on my cell phone, uh, but I'm trying to sleep, so I ignore it, and then all of a sudden my home phone goes off, and it's perfect, <laughs> and I'm trying to sleep, and I'm, I answer the phone, I'm like, oh, what's, what's going on, like, mm -hmm. you know, what's the emergency, because why, well, you know, why I call twice this late at night? Um, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, we got our first interview invite. We have to, we have to book a place now. We have to, we have to get everything ready. We have to schedule it." Um, wake up, so, Anish! Wake yeah. up! This so is not a dream. I'm it's trying not a to drill. wake up. Yeah. I'm opening my laptop. I'm like panicking a little bit. We uh, end up booking. We end up booking an interview spot, and then two weeks later, we end up canceling this interview, <laughs> and we end up not interviewing at that school at all. Okay. So that was all for not. But um, why'd you cancel? Uh, it ended up being too expensive for us to fly out. Oh, okay, um, that soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, uh, we just felt like. Uh, and over time, we got more and more invites that we were at schools that we liked a little bit more. And so that school kept falling further and further down the list for where we really mm -hmm. wanted to go. Um, but honestly, a lot of our interviews just kind of trickled in. Um, mm. Usually we would get interview invites together at the same time. Mm. Um, there was maybe uh, one or two that one of us got earlier than the other. Mm -hmm. um, but then the other one would get the invite the next day or something like that or the next week or whatever it was. So how many programs did you interview on the same day with? The same time? Oh, 
So that's hard because sometimes we interview at the same program, but on different days that week. Okay. So like in Maryland, we interviewed at three programs, but we interviewed at those programs on different days just because they didn't have room for both of us on one day. Was it beneficial or is it more stressful to have the other person there on the interview day? Um... <laughs> Honestly, we would end up getting like split up at some point mm-hmm. during the interview day because mm-hmm. inter- internal medicine programs are pretty large. Yeah. And so how interview days work is they usually have like, I don't know, 20 plus people mm-hmm. and they get split up into different groups for like tours and activities and things like that. So we get split up for that reason anyway. So I wouldn't really see him for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really make a difference. Mm-hmm. But it was a little bit ni- like a little nicer when we'd you know, get there at the same time and be a little nervous together and mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and then you can immediately compare notes afterwards. Like, what do you exactly, think? Exactly, yeah. What your impressions? Exactly. Oh, so-and-so was super nice or so-and-so was super creepy. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We always did that anyway, but yeah. yeah. When, and would you, like, have a system? Would you, like... Is there some Google spreadsheet that you oh, immediately yes. log in and put, like, okay, who's okay, in charge of so that? this was me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I discovered that there is something um, called, like, the NRMP, like, Prism or something. There's this app. Prism, not Prism. Pris- prism, okay. yeah, not, not like, jail. jail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> National Resident Matching Process. that's kind of what it feels like it yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, It's this app, um, and it has all of these, like, different categories for each program Mm -hmm. and the idea is that right after you interview at a program you can kind of go through and rate each one of those categories Ah, Um, like a cheat sheet a rubric a rubric yeah Yeah. it's like a grading rubric for each program that you go to and it's like you know quality of the faculty quality of the program director um, like research opportunities there things like that Um, and so I figured like we could make an Excel sheet on like Google Docs or whatever and put both of our like have two columns for me and Anish and we could compare our thoughts on each program mm-hmm. that way and we were pretty good at it for like a couple of programs and then it got really exhausting. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I mean if you want to be systematic about it that's that's a way to do it. All right. So describe the process leading up to submitting your rank list. What 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 did you value together? What ended up kind of tipping one program over another? How did that look like? Honestly, like when you ask for advice from people on how to rank programs, a lot of people say gut feeling mm-hmm. should be really important. And I was like, no, that's ridiculous. We are evidence based mm-hmm. and you know things like We're that. Scientific, yeah, scientific. Yeah. Um, but that's actually true. Like when you go somewhere and you know the first person there greets you and the program director comes around, and shakes your hand. You know things like that really make a difference. And the the faculty that you interview with, do you feel yourself you know connecting to them? Do you find someone at that program that you can picture yourself becoming um, things like that become really important as you go through the interview process and um, I feel like that was very important to me mm-hmm. um, so we had to make a linked rank list because we were couples matching um, which means that whereas most people have maybe like 11 or 12 programs that they rank and submit we had to do every combination of both of our rank lists. So I ended up interviewing at 19 schools, and you had, what, six, 14, 14 yeah. schools? And so, um, you know, 19 times 14, it was something like 266 combinations. Wow. And then on top of that, we did, just to be safe, at the end of the list, you do a combination where one of you doesn't match and the other one matches and so we had to do all of the combinations of that so like the danger zone if you get that far mm-hmm. down yeah. you kind of 
go your separate ways mm-hmm. as far as the match goes. Yes. Yeah, just to make sure the other person does. Matches so, if someone sure. matches at least one person better than zero people. Right. Okay. So only right. one of us would have to go through the scope okay. if we had to. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and so in the end, I think we had like ended up having 300 combinations on our rank list. Wow. And we made it all by hand and we went through it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really exhausting. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, after our first five or six combinations at the top of our list, you know, we didn't really care what the other, whatever, 280 of them were, because at that point we were just going to schools and ranking them because we could. You know, we really only cared about the ones that we ranked at the at the top. And mm-hmm. so, you know, those ones were more of a discussion than our last uh, 200. Okay, awesome. So you submit the rank list. Obviously, it takes a month for the computer algorithm to run. What was it like during that month? It was awful. Um, there was multiple checking of our rank list to make sure we had seen it. <laughs> 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 it was a lot of panic wait, panic waiting. Uh-huh. I was on. I remember like I had switched to an elective, and it just felt like the slowest elective I'd ever been on in my life. So it gives you downtime. You're just thinking about this. <laughs> yeah. Did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? Yep. Yeah. And you just you just sit there, and you keep thinking about it, and you keep thinking about it, and you're like, there's literally nothing I can do about it right now, but you can't stop thinking about it. Is it like radio silence from these programs? Are they like, are they still, you know, because I know there's like, there's a lot of emails that go back and forth, and, you know, we call them love letters mm-hmm. from either side. You know, so is it complete radio silence, or how, how is that during this time? So most of the the programs that we interviewed at made it very clear that they have a policy that they do not communicate with you after interviews, mm-hmm. and that's like really nice actually. I don't know if that's the case with other specialties. It seems like maybe that's not the case, but um, for us it was pretty nice. If anything, they would send like um, little uh, reminders that you can do a second look day or something like that, mm-hmm. but none of them would ever be like. Hey, you know, we really liked you. You mm-hmm. should rank us number one. Yeah. Like, um, we didn't get any of that, so that was really nice. Um, All right, so take me to the Monday before match. Oh, okay. So was I that highly... more stressful the match day itself, or uh, yes, because that's well, when you found out if you match. If you match, right? Yeah. So they have this process where, just so you know, you know whether you match or not. You get an email on the Monday before where um, you you know so that on Friday. You don't show up if you didn't match. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm on, I was on advanced internal medicine, which mm-hmm. is like this pretty busy rotation, which I highly recommend during the month of March because it kept your mind off of this mm-hmm. whole process. So I was like pre-rounding on patients. And at nine o'clock, that's when the email goes out. I was sitting there and I just checked my email and I was like, oh, I matched. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. <laughs> you can move on. Um, but what were you yeah. doing? Um, so, oh, it's okay. Um, I was on a, uh, I was actually at outpatient sleep clinic, okay. um, and we didn't have any patients until like ten o'clock, and I was there at seven in the morning, um, and so. Were overall, you sleeping? <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I wish I was. Uh, I just remember the night before, even though I like knew in my heart, me and Parvati had definitely matched somewhere. Um, I just like still like couldn't sleep that night before, and I still woke up very early, um, and I actually was talking to my attending. Uh, when he got there, and all of a sudden it was like 9.15, and Parvati sends me a text like, yay, I match. I was like, oh, I should probably check on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I looked, and then, I, of course, we both matched, and so, uh, you know, it, it ended up working really well. Okay. All right, Friday morning. Uh, both your families there? Uh, just my family. Was all right, there. just your family. 
So, you know, there's a, like a little program, and then here in Utah, because it has to be like noon East Coast time, so we open up our envelopes at 10. Mm-hmm. They cut the red ribbon. Yep. Walk me through what happened. Um, there was a mad dash to get to our uh, letters, um, and me and Parvati had decided that we wanted to open it in front of our parents. Simultaneously. It, yeah, yeah, simultaneously together. So we were on... Uh, probably the south side of the room and our letters were all the way on the opposite side on the north side and so we ran all the way to get our letters and then we had to run all the way back to our table and all the while we're like going through this crowds of people and they're opening their letters and they're Mm -hmm. throwing their hands up and I'm just getting more and more anxious (laughs) because I haven't opened it yet and then finally we get to the table Um, (laughs) yeah that like journey between that table where our letters were and our table where our parents were was like the longest it must have been like one minute, but it felt like two hours. <laughs> yeah. like, move out You're of my way. This hot envelope, <laughs> yeah. Hot news. yeah. Oh my gosh! And then we, yeah, we were we opened it together. Um, and I, I struggled so much with opening this letter. It's like, oh, I forgot how to open envelope. Yeah. Were you trembling? <laughs> yeah, I was like shaking, and um, but we opened them, and it was good news, and we were so excited. Um, oh, also before, um, so the university has a lot of like social media people at the event um, yep. who are you know recording. I think you made it to the official video part. Oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. this lady asked us beforehand, "Do you mind if we film you opening your envelopes?" Um, and we're like, "Yes, as long as we don't cry." Then <laughs> 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 cut that out. No, but um, yeah, so we were being videotaped at all angles, and um, yeah, it was a good day. All right, so we'll start with Par. Where are you headed? Where did you match to? I matched at Brown University in Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Yes. Okay. So sell us on Brown. Why? Why Brown? Um. So I felt like this is another one of those like gut feeling things. When I got there, I like met all of these really nice people. Um. They had morning report that day, so we watched all the residents come in, and it was like this really interesting case. And you could just tell that they were like really good friends with each other, and they were just talking about this case and coming up with different ideas. Um. And I felt like. I want to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, the person that interviewed me um, is a, a hospitalist. And talking to her, I felt like um, we talked about my hobbies and we had some of the same hobbies. And I really connected with her. Um, and so, I, I don't know, the whole day I just felt like very at home and very comfortable. Um, and I felt like, you know, they had all of the nice things, like the research opportunities, the academic, like, mm-hmm. rigor of a good internal medicine program. The Ivy League. The Ivy League. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Providence is just a cool town. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of good restaurants there. Cool. Um, which is very important to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How many residents are there per year? How uh, so they have 30 categorical okay. um, interns. Interesting. So. Wow. So, and then how many hospitals are kind of within the? System? So there's three hospitals, okay. um, which is cool. There's a uh, there's a Miriam Hospital, there's a Rhode Island Hospital, and there's a VA. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really nice that we get a VA experience okay. as well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, Anish, where'd you match? So I'm going to Beth Israel in Boston. Okay. Yeah. Um, Harvard. It is. A, it is a Harvard <laughs> affiliated hospital. Yes. It is. Um, so sell us on Beth Israel. So uh, the thing that I well, first of all, Boston is just a really cool city. Um, mm-hmm. I've visited there with Parvati twice now, and you know I just really love the city. Um, and then the other thing that really sold me was that I am really into medical education. I really want to teach in my future, um, and they're 
that's kind of their whole motto there. You know, they're all about education and making you the best intern that you can be and, you know, really trying new educational experiences. And so that was something that really resonated with me. And then during my interviews, uh, both of my interviewers I felt were, um, you know, attendings and faculty that I'd want to interact with and I'd want to work with someday. And so, um, you know, all that stuff just really added up into me ranking it as high as I did. Awesome. Awesome. And, what? How many residents are a year in Toronto? So, uh, and you get to ro- rotate a different. I mean, how many yeah. hospitals are within the system? Yeah, so I know there's tons of teaching places in, <laughs> in Boston. Yeah, so. there's tons. So, um, in terms of categorical uh, interns, I think there's around forty three, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we also rotate at a VA clinic, and then we also uh, rotate at Dana Farber, as well as our main uh, Beth Israel Medical Center. Um, and the other thing that I really liked about that is you actually get to work with interns and residents from the some of the surrounding uh, uh, programs, so like Boston University and uh, Brigham and Women's. Mass General, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, you get to be on teams with them because you all kind of share the same hospital space. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. How far apart is Rhode Island and Boston? Yeah, so it is an hour drive almost exactly from our two hospitals, okay. but there is a train that's only about 30 minutes. So walk people through this, because you matched in similar areas, not the same cities. Mm-hmm. So is the plan for PAR to stay in Rhode Island and then niche up in Boston, and you'll just see each other on the weekends, or how is that going to look like? Um, so for our first year, uh, we're going to have separate places in okay. Boston and Providence um, and just kind of meet up wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, but after we get married in the <gasps> Oh, summer, we're going to talk about that. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're probably going to find some place in the middle and just commute from there. Okay. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. And uh, Rhode Island, Boston, more expensive than Salt Lake, I assume? More expensive. Rhode Island is not as bad. Boston is... A little Pretty bit bad. Worse. All right, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, um, a couple more questions in my mind. This has been great. I love having you guys. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, Anish, you talked about living in Sandy during med school. But as as far as I recall, you grew up in Utah. Yes. yes. Okay, so uh-huh. it was, it's not like you were not from Utah and you ended up in Sandy nope. through a series of unfortunate events. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing bad about Sandy. All right. So let's talk about... So looking back, your four years... Um, what surprised you about med school? What 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 what, what kind of resonated with you? Because you went from Johnny Hopkins to here, so yes. you know. And I, I guess like multi layered question. I guess I'm asking you multiple questions within one question. Not a good technique. Um, was it hard coming back? Um, Especially since living in Baltimore is pretty different. I would yeah. Say. yeah. Um, so it was hard to go to Baltimore. That was a very uh, interesting transition, mm-hmm. and it was hard to come back. Um, you know, you spent. I spent four years in Baltimore. I really got you know involved in the culture. Um, I changed as a person, and then you know I came back to Utah. I went back to Sandy, where I grew up, and it felt kind of weird, you mm-hmm. know, to go back home for a little bit. Um, and that was part of what made first year a little bit difficult was that I was adjusting to everything again. Um, and uh, you know, people describe medical school as a fire hydrant, and you know, the first couple years you're just getting blasted with the water, and you know, the last few years you learn to swim a little bit better, but it never lets up. Um, and so, you know, that's what it felt like. So, uh, it was, it wasn't as hard to adjust. It wouldn't have been as hard to adjust coming back if I had just been moving here for a job or something, but, Mm -hmm. you know, having to adjust, uh, 
with, to med school and coming back to Sandy and, you know, living with my parents, all that stuff kind of added up. Um, but in the end, you know, I've actually loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved coming back to Utah. One of the reasons actually, um, when I got my interview invite here, don't take this personally, Dr. Chan. Oh, I, I, have, stories <laughs> on, I have stories on my end. I, uh, I remember calling you when you were on some cruise ship. I was, <laughs> I was on a cruise ship. I, I just hear all the screaming in the background, like, Anish, Anish, hey! Um, no, I wasn't actually sure if I wanted to take the interview invite here. Um, and obviously my parents, you know, obviously I did, and... Um, you know, I came back, I was staying with my parents, and uh, I came for the interview, and I just fell in love. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I forgot how much the University of Utah has meant to me growing up here, and, mm -hmm. you know, seeing how all the med students were so friendly was something that I missed about the Utah culture, and, um, you know, once I kind of got over the med school, uh, being overwhelmed by med school, all that stuff kind of came back to me, and it, I just, you know, I love this place. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I need to ask this. Okay. Uh, Hopkins, do you feel it was because like Hopkins has a very you know it's a very academically very rigorous a lot of very research oriented institution. Do you feel uh, the medical school curriculum was harder? Was it the same? Yeah, um, I know I, a lot of pre med students come out of Hopkins. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Um, I so I think Hopkins was very difficult, um, but med school was harder. Okay. Yeah. In what way? Um, just the amount of material that you're expected to know and stay on top of, um, you know, it doesn't compare to what was expected of me in undergrad. Okay. Yeah. All right. Par, what are your thoughts about med school, looking back? Um, it was a great time. <laughs> I honestly really enjoyed medical school. Um, I feel like in undergrad, uh, so I actually lived at home with my parents in undergrad. Mm -hmm. and I just felt kind of like I just commuted to school. And you went to uh, main campus. I, yes, yeah. I did undergrad here. Mm -hmm. um, and I just felt kind of like disconnected a little bit. Um, and I had these like very large classes and you know, trying to get into med school. I was balancing so many different activities. But once I got to med school, I feel like everything kind of came together. I found a group of people that I connected with on so many levels and who are now, like, basically my family members. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's been, like, the greatest four years of my life. <laughs> That's awesome. So unlike Anish, though, who has lived outside of Utah, this is going to be w what I perceive, like, in your adult formative years mm -hmm. the first time leaving yeah how, so, you, how are you feeling are you nervous because you're going to this big east coast city so yeah what are your thoughts in ivy league okay in ivy league, <laughs> yeah. um so i mean i lived outside of utah before in my childhood in like several different places uh but now i'm gonna be like an actual adult moving out on my own mm -hmm. so that's a little bit scary but i also know that like <coughs> at the program that i'll be at i'll be around people who i will also connect with and um, I feel like I'm going to a good place, so I'm not that worried. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that I can make friends wherever, um, and Anish will be close by. Yeah. <laughs> Are your families concerned? Um, about? Living so far away from home. Oh, so my parents moved to Dubai. <laughs> okay, you're pretty, okay. I, 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 so I forgot that. They're like, like half a world away. Yeah, yeah. My, my parents are just, they just move all the time. Okay. Um, so I don't know if they're right. in like a different type of time. 
<laughs> they think I can do it. They think I'll be okay. <laughs> All right. And you, your parents, your family's excited? Um, I think they're uh, kind of sad, sad but excited. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're happy that me and Parvati are going on to, you know, pursue our dreams and at these great programs. Uh, but, you know, they're sad that they're losing they're losing us uh, to halfway across the country. And uh, my brother also did med school here, and he also went to a program in New York. And okay. So, you know, they're kind of used They've to They've been their, conditioned. Yeah, yes. they're used right. to their sons moving away. So. All right, all right. Okay, last two minutes, last question. Um, so help people, like, well, help me understand, because I've been invited to it. I don't fully comprehend <laughs> it. So what, what, does, what does this ceremony coming up, what does it mean? What is it? Yeah. You call it an engagement. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Chan's referring to me and Parvati's engagement ceremony. Okay. Um, it's coming up April 7th. Um, it's kind of, our, you know, our, our parents have already talked. We and Parvati had talked before that about getting engaged. And, um, you know, now that we know that we're going to be so close to each other, we've gone through this great journey together, uh, we felt like now was the best time to do this. So right now you're not engaged at this moment. In time. Not technically. Okay, not technically. There's no ring on these fingers. Dr. Okay. <laughs> so, but so that the ceremony is there a ring exchange? There will be a ring exchange. Okay. All right. Um, I'm just learning so much. This is, this is fantastic. Uh, and then is there some sort of like a promise you make to each other, or do, do your families get to talk? Do you get to talk, or how does this work? Um, for like for people who don't do know. You want me to do <laughs> There's a there's kind of a, a religious component to a religious okay. ceremony, <laughs> right. um, which is essentially like we're being promised to each other. Be thrown Can we talk about what, what religion is this? Uh, so Hind- Hinduism. Okay, all right. Um, and uh, we make an announcement kind of at the end that uh, you know both of us are going to get married. Um, okay. So it's kind of. So in India, you know, people do this in a variety of ways. Sometimes people do it, you know, a couple months before. Sometimes they do it the day before. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of, um, you know, tradition. Okay. Yeah. So is there a possibility, I'm not saying it's going to happen to you two, okay. but, like, can someone say no at this thing? Or you just simply don't show up if you're going to say no? Like, <laughs> the, 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 like you don't want to get engaged. I, I really oh. don't know the answer. Okay. To that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm just yeah, trying to understand. The rules have been set in motion. You know, like, no, there's no like uh, opportunity to object or anything. Yeah, right. I mean, so if someone no. gets cold feet and they just, you know, what I'm saying, I'm, I'm sure that's it probably happened in That's the history. too bad. Okay. I mean, it's probably happened. Okay. It's probably happened yeah, before, but, okay. but just, okay, not, not, not in the memories in the Indian American community within Utah. Yeah, not that I know. Not all right, all right. <laughs> fair enough. All right, and so so you go through this ceremony, and then it sounds like it's a kind of prelude to the the wedding itself, mm-hmm. uh, which will be in the future. Yes. So, what does an Indian wedding look like? Does it have a special name, or I think it has a special name. I don't name. think so. Uh, so it's tough. Well, so we're from different regions of India. Ooh. So I'm from a state in the south called Kerala, and Anisha's family is from North India. Okay. Um, and weddings in those areas look very different. So where I'm from, um, it's a very like simple uh, uh, ceremony. Yeah. yeah, you go to the temple, you get <coughs> married, and then there's like a feast afterwards. So I'm going to do a Dr. Chan hot take right now. Okay. So <laughs> just like how both of you are negotiating and you learned to talk about your different programs and rank lists. Mm-hmm. So you will also negotiate and talk about the wedding. Uh-huh. Or no. Is that completely... Negotiate. 
As far as like, as if, if like there's two kind of different visions uh, yeah. of the ceremony. Oh, I don't think our visions have clashed yet. Oh. But if they do, yeah. then I assume that I will just win. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's, that's similar all across the world in all cultures. <laughs> Actually, I think, so as far as our opinions go, I don't think ours officially matter anymore. Because in the very beginning of this engagement planning process, both of us, they would ask us, you know, what do you think of this person for photography or this for music? And mm-hmm. now we just don't hear about things. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm just I'm fascinated. A few more questions. Talk to me a few more questions. So, you know, like, when I asked my wife to marry me, I felt Mm. this overwhelming kind of weird societal pressure to ask the dad's permission. And there's all sorts Mm -hmm. of history tied into that. Mm -hmm. And and you can argue if that's right and if that's proper. Mm -hmm. Does that exist? Did you, Anish, did you have to talk to Par's father? No, basically our parents just talked together. Okay. Um, Anish didn't really say very much at all. Neither of us did. I mean, (laughs) our parents basically just talked it out amongst themselves, um, and that was it. Okay, all right. Yeah. Fair enough. And were you in the room for this discussion or no? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, Oh, okay. (laughs) Was it super awkward? Oh, very much so. (laughs) Before that discussion, Parvati and I had discussed engagement and getting married okay. and stuff. Yeah. So between us, we had already kind of established that this is where we want the relationship to go. Mm-hmm. And then individually, we told both of our parents, and then our parents said, okay, well, you know, traditionally, the parents talk to each other, and so we did, and, you know, everything worked out. Okay. My last question, I promise you. Okay. <laughs> so again, when I went through the marriage process, which was glorious, but super stressful, <laughs> there was this. there's this weird thing where... The bride's family pays for this, this, and this, and the groom's family pays for this, this, and this. Is that the kind of the same case for you guys? Is it? No, our no. parents basically just agreed to just split the costs. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love it. Yeah. I should become Hindu. I love this. Yep, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. We're just here to convert people. <laughs> no, just kidding. All right. Cool. Well, uh, I get. Sorry. Last question. All right. So. Um, any advice to people think about going to med school or applying to med school or they're thinking about taking that next step and doing the couples match together? What would you say to them? Um, if you're thinking about going to med school, just ask yourself, you know, am I willing and prepared to put my entire life and effort and spend literally all of my time into making myself the greatest doctor that I can be? And if the answer is no, and you can think of any other profession that you can go into, then don't go to medical school. But okay. if you, but if you can, then do it. By all means, give it a shot. Um, you know, it's okay if you don't get in your first time. Um, lots of people don't, but don't let that stop you. Mm-hmm. And yes, couples match. If you find the right guy, <laughs> lock it down. Yes. <laughs> um, just sort of talking about taking the next leap and couples matching. You know, one of the things that really caused us to hesitate was, you know, there's no going back on this decision. Like, once we submit that rank list, like, that's it. We've locked things together, and um, it really, this whole experience in medical school has taught me that it's okay to take the next leap, because sometimes it may not work out, but sometimes it'll be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Oh, they're holding hands. It's very sweet. <laughs> I love it. A public defense section. Oh, and then um, I just got a text message from one of our listeners, Anish. Are there any Taco Bells close to Beth Israel? There are. Okay, <laughs> I've mapped this out, and there are yes. no Taco Bells close. Oh, what are you going to do? 
Thank goodness. <laughs> it's true. I'm probably going to lower my LDL, and it'd be very sad. Okay. All right. Well, I am so happy for both of you. This is so exciting. Uh, I truly hope you come back one day. Uh, I'm sure your families want that too. Well, at least Anisha's. Your, your Mine will probably be somewhere else. Somewhere else in the world, exploring the world. But uh, this is exciting. I'm excited for both of you, and this is a beautiful journey. So, thank Thanks, you. Dr. Chan. Thanks, Dr. Chan. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.